Sublimity is a nice town. It's one of those I, you know, drive through on occasion. I've stopped and, and uh, dined in Sublimity. I like the town of Sublimity. It's, Can you tell sub, me where it is? It's a beautiful name. Well, because I, I, I can't. You know what? I've, I've driven through it, it quite a few times. But I, to, for me, only Paul. Paul, go ahead. Tell us the best route out of out of uh, Corvallis Sins. or Albany. Sins. Yeah, I feel like I Turning. feel like it's Jefferson. Uh, West of, uh, west of, yes, west of I five, but west yeah. of Salem, south, south, um, south of Salem a bit, but west. Okay. You know, I'm not sure if I'm in sublimity. If I take a right, do I get to Salem proper? I I'm think, not sure, but I, I think, think someone told me up. Uh, you take the if you're going northbound on I five, the Ankeny Hill exit. And then perhaps uh, left, not right, though I oh, would say. Oh, really? That's how I mean. That's how it feels to me geographically. Yeah, I don't know. But anyhow, we will all find our way together. And, and since it's so easy to find, <laughs> I know I've driven through it a number of times. And the reason I feel like it's more west than east is when we've taken back roads. Uh, through the rivers of our memory to uh, Hillsboro when we were needing to go up for some COVID testing in a time. We had uh -huh. to go to Hillsboro a few times uh -huh. for that near the ballpark up there. And we would take back roads and we would end up through sublimity going, you know, more because if you're going to Hillsboro, you're going to be more on the oh, west oh, side the west of things. Side. Yeah, right. And sublimity would be part of the journey. It, it struck me as. I look forward to it tomorrow. Yes. Now, get what? Tell me exactly. You were talking with much more intelligence this morning on the Clue Morning Update in well, your return about what it is they're actually, what they're offering, what they're providing, and the fun experience people can have as part of the Tucker E Power Tour. Well, for one thing, Power Motorsports is uh, is a big. Uh, is a, a longtime sponsor uh, for a lot of things we do here in the bi-coastal family. And they themselves, Joe Beaver Show or not, are having a, a um, it's called the Tucker E-Power Tour, where they come through and show you all these different kinds of bikes, electric bikes, which are not like your father's electric bikes. I guess I could say not like your grandfather's electric bikes. Um, TJ, I need you. <laughs> My microphone, I, I can't get it turned up very high. I can barely hear myself. And um, is that a processing issue? I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to think. Okay, that sounds a little better. Do you know anything about, well, I didn't touch that. no, you can't, you can't help me, and we don't want to do this on the air. But I, I think I can hear myself a little better. I've got myself cranked, and I. Uh, should we do a quick, should I do the details on the locale and no, then take a break and adjust no, some I think, things? No, I think we'll be okay. okay. There's a couple of things here. One, um, it'll be fun to go and see Power Motorsports. Yes. And see Sublimity, to be Long time sponsor. Long time sponsor, and they do a lot with us. The e-bike tour. Oh, I was just saying when you were getting your Jamo and I was figuring out my microphone. <laughs> um, you remember e-bikes? They weren't called e-bikes, but electric bikes back in our day in the 70s, they were like this little motor that would push against the tire, and you could buzz along. I do remember a friend having an electric bike back in the 70s, mm -hmm. and you could go. It'd be like, it'd be like uh, the bike that... Uh, 
uh, in Dumb and Dumber when <laughs> buzz along. Yes, yes. But the modern-day e-bikes are a lot different. These things have a lot of power, and you can go longer distances. And so I'm really curious to see those e-bikes and how far they've come. And then, of course, what we get to do with the Joe Beaver Show, we are going to have some golf tickets to Spring Hill Golf Club. We'll have uh, – uh, a signed T-shirt. I don't have details mm-hmm. on that. I don't know what that means. Um, and and food, lunch will be provided uh, has, as well. Yeah, and I'm just trying to trying to decipher here some of the things on this mm-hmm. particular sheet. Uh, okay, actually, you and I are both invited to, to test ride the bikes. Yes. Before uh, or during the show. Have a good time. I John. can't because I can't wear helmets. I there's no helmet that will fit me, and then it becomes real embarrassing. Um, I, I always have, have shied away from anything that deals with the, your, your head mm-hmm. as a kid. And I, I guess I have to as an adult because I have hydrocephalus, which makes your head bigger. And I should be dead, basically. But I'm not. But I don't still at 56, I don't go, like going through the humiliation of, oh, we, one size fits all. No, they don't. Yeah, right. When I played four years of high school football, which, by the way, is unheard of with my condition. Right. I don't call it a disease. It's a physical thing. Were you told not to? What, oh, what yeah. were the medical risks? No player on any hydrocephalus board, no person. They, they talk about, yeah, I didn't really want to do gymnastics or mm-hmm. my doctor wouldn't let me you know, right. walk down the hallway. And I'm like, my dad said, I'm not carrying this kid around on a pillow. So they wouldn't let me do that, play football. But my freshman year, my doctor said, well, he wasn't supposed to live this long anyway. I guess quality of life is better than, than quantity. And so, yeah, go ahead. Wow. They had to go to Portland State to get a helmet big enough. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I took a lot of teasing in high school. But. Even as an adult, 56 years old, when it comes to, you know, well, come on in. Oh, one size fits all. It doesn't. Right. It doesn't. And for people like me, it doesn't. And I don't like going through the humiliation of it, which I basically just did on the radio, which is fine because it sets everybody up now. So that if I am in the situation, yes. they'll know he doesn't like that. Don't tease him. Right. Anyway, so I won't be testing the bike out unless you can do it without a helmet. Ah, all right. So um, we'll have more prizes as well. And we'll get details, too, on foods. The food situation. Yes. That's all tomorrow from 11 to 1. Now, the actual show is noon to 4 at Power Motorsports in Sublimity. You're right. Yes, exactly. But we'll be on from 11 to 1 tomorrow, a Joe Beaver Road show. Here's a quick rundown. Just a a few seconds on what they carry at uh, Power Motorsports. Polaris off-road vehicles, side-by-side ATVs, Yamaha ATVs, uh, KTM off-road and on-road bikes, LS tractor, compact tractors, Mahindra tractors, specialized bikes and e-bikes, of course, Yamaha e-bikes, Tucker e-bikes and vehicles. They have a big parts department, tires, parts, clothing, and more. So um, all of that tomorrow in sublimity at Power Motor Sports. And that's that's that. Now, I, uh, I wanted to make sure that I didn't completely get lost on everything you guys were doing. So I listened to... In podcast form, which was great, on my drive up to the mountains on Wednesday, I listened back to the Tim Floyd interview. I thought it was tremendous. In fact, I listened to everything except for Jim Wilson and the uh, the data gal who does uh, data for Beaver. Is it baseball? Or Abigail Zarula for baseball. Yeah, 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 the damn analytics squad. Yeah, in mm-hmm. fact, TJ and I just talked for an hour on that particular interview and on spin rates and yes. and everything they do and it is fascinating it is but i i had some basic questions 
and I was wondering if you guys delved into it with any of the listeners via text or phone. You never see Honda text line, phone line, um, downward dog phone line. Did you, One of the questions, if I were doing that interview, and I didn't hear the interview, mm-hmm. I would want to at least pose to the listener for some discussion is how much is too much? How does it differ from 50 years ago? Um, is there one thing that it gives you you got to have or you're behind? Right. This is a good question. Those are good questions, John. Yeah. And I would say that, yes, you are behind. I, have a, I really do think that, for example, this, this sort of thing was available in the past, but I think the high-quality nature of the track man and, and the other systems that are used yeah. has helped a young man named Mitchell Verberg get back into the groove that we saw him get into with two and two-thirds and six strikeouts in his most important and best performance against uh, Washington on Saturday. Yeah. He looked, I mean, the stuff was dynamic, but part of that is the ability to break down frame-by-frame video of Verberg, how he was two years ago, what's happened of late to to take away some of the effectiveness of, of the pitches, the location, the spin rate, all of those things. He and Coach Dorman, Mitchell and Coach Dorman, have yeah. broken that down meticulously using all of that available data. And I think that's helped, just in one example, that's helped Mitchell get back on track. But I, Abigail herself said, every player and person's different. There will be many who will want to really dive deep into all of that, the available data and study video and and try to understand and, and change grips and adjust to get an improved spin rate and you know make different okay well your the data shows that your the spin rate uh, in your second inning of work lessens so we either got to get you stronger you got to try a different pitch yeah, yeah. in that inning don't go to that the third time through the order because your spin rate has dropped this much and and that may not be as an effective pitch they'll see it better you've got to locate it differently or Go to a different pitch. Yeah. I mean, all of these things, you can get into a very minute detail in terms of how to use it. I'm not sure. There's got to be an element, and I think there still is, the element of go play. You know, play the game. Play the game, Taylor. Yeah. Play although I will, I will say though that if you're if you're if you're wondering about a guy and Mitchell Verberger, yeah. Verberg is a perfect example of what went wrong. Then yeah, if you have frame by frame capability, you can compare the two and go see where your elbow yeah, is right. here. Look where the release point is here. Look where your here. hips are here. And this is where it was then. Right. right. Go back to doing that. Then get the next few days worth of of video and see if that improvement has been made. I mean, that to me would be the first thing that would be the most important is being able to compare just exactly what your body's doing mm-hmm. now that you weren't doing when you were successful. Speaking of Mitchell, he's from Lake Oswego. And Lake Oswego, as you know, John, I mean, that's your alma mater, and we talked uh, with David Long this past week uh, about the passing of his father, Sonny. Now, today is a bit of a follow-up. It's not as deep into Sonny, although we certainly will continue to pay respects to the passing of a legendary coach in person that we haven't really, with the guests we've had on, Paul, in the beaver sweep of the Huskies, at least wanted to get over and watch a little baseball on the gorgeous day, she was telling me. But 
the Beavers softball game with UCLA went too long. She had to go catch a flight and wasn't able to catch any baseball. But called all of the innings this past weekend. And that Friday night would care to identify or give her a last name. Feel free and we'll mention it. I just remember seeing a cut line. She got an image of Jacob Melton coming off the field after his two-run home run on Saturday with just a gigantic smile on his face, his hair, the locks of his long hair flowing out, helmet up, beginning to celebrate with his teammates. It was just a well-timed, perfect photograph. And I think Carl Mazdam, who does a great job, got similar shots that have been on the website and elsewhere. Melton, Jacob's a special guy and player. I don't know if you heard the pregame yesterday. It's very good. It was one of those where, and I mean this, this isn't hyperbole. And I hope, and this is no disrespect either to some of the other uh, younger role players or players that don't get as much attention in limelight as does Jacob Melton. But I do feel as though, I feel as though with Jacob, he does something in every game that would compel you to say, you know, tomorrow on the pregame show, I want to get Melton on. Then after the next game, you see, you know, I should get Melton on the pregame show again. Wade Meckler of late has been doing that. He could be on every day, and you could talk to him about the yep. ball in the sun, the game tying homer, all the doubles, yesterday's game winning double. All, but when you have a chance to talk to Paul Myro the fourth, or Kyle Jernetti, mm-hmm. or Jake Ducart for coming through in a big way, or Matt Gretler, or uh, some of the young pitchers who've been getting some work here of late, Victor Quinn. Because you figure you're always going to be able to go back to Jacob. You can always go back to Jacob because he's always going to be doing something, but he had not been on with me all year. I'd asked for him a couple of times, and because of weights or rehab or some other things, he wasn't available. It's not as though he said, I'm not doing that. Right. No, I mean, he was, very, he was wonderful to sit down with yesterday. It was one of the longer, more in-depth interviews. I thought his self-analysis... His talk about the team, his love of B.G. Gould, all of those things came out, and he was smiling throughout the interview, seeing Beej, a big smile on his face. Yeah. That smile. I mean, amongst not only the great attributes as a ball player, and that catch was spectacular yesterday. He hits for power, he runs, he throws, he catches. Special player. He's going to do, I think he's got a, a bright and long future in the game. But it was finally yesterday, able to sit down with him for the pregame show guest. And it Criminal. was it was really enjoy- I bet mean, it was the first time all year he'd been on. But again, <laughs> to have the opportunity, I think Meckler's going to be my guy tomorrow I, I in think, Eugene. I think Adley's final year. I went through everybody before I got. No, there. I know. No, and and finally, yeah, same with me. Yeah. In eighteen and nineteen, Adley's a guy you could go to every day, and yeah. we picked our spots yeah, with him. Exactly. Adley, can you do it again? Adley, can you do? You know what should be done? And I'm not. I'm not saying I'm. This is an idea. But in the day of of name, image, likeness, somebody, I'm not, gosh, I probably shouldn't even talk about things like this, but I'm just saying it would strike me as a, a sponsorship element for a show for a particular player on every pregame show or whatever else. I'll, I'll just leave it at that, but with, with everything open, yes, I'm just saying somebody ought to come up with something along those lines. I can't, and they we will. won't. They will. But anyway. Aaron, I, be, I am hoping this is Aaron of Dave from Tumwater and C.S. Lewis. I believe it is. Aaron, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yes, it is. Okay, thank and you for calling. What, what a fantastic weekend. I mean, great game on Saturday. Um, and I do have to say, regarding Dave, that it, it, you know, and this is a testament, I think, to both you and Dave, is that 
when I would mention something about, you know, KDJO or the gays, I have immediate response. Yeah, Dave from Tom Water. <laughs> oh, yeah. And talking with Mike, don't get him started about Mike Riley. You know, it was just it was fantastic, all the different <laughs> conversations. We were having the ballpark Good. on Saturday, but... Um, Yes, there was one time when we were sitting there, um, when I was talking to Dave, and the guy, I don't know, like eight seats down the road, did get up and he said, are you Dave from Tumwater? I'd recognize that voice anywhere. <laughs> Everybody, we've That's got great. a celebrity here. Let's give him a round of applause. <laughs> and they did. I didn't know if that was going to make it on the radio or not, if you could hear it in the background. But, I did hear a little uh, ovation. I was, thought it was for another K-shirt being brought out for something. I wasn't quite sure, but <laughs> Dave, that, Dave deserves a moment in the sun like that. I, that um, I, my husband has tinnitus, so he can't go with me to any of the sporting events, which is um, you know, sad, but in deference to him, I try to in, you know go and find women to go with me to the games, but... Being up in, you know, north of the border, it's a little harder. And, um, you know, most women that I've invited, they want to take their husbands. And I just have two tickets or something like that. But it did change um, about a week and a half ago with a new friend. Um, I mentioned baseball, and she said, I love baseball. And people enjoy this. Um, she had been in the Coast Guard Academy, and when she graduated, she would be in charge of when the ships were berthing, and she would check when the Major League Baseball home team was going to be in mm. so that she could get to watch games and she was a Dodger fan. So mm-hmm. she could get a game with the Dodgers. It was a bonus. So uh, she has four kids, but she said, hey, can this be my Mother's Day gift? Mm. So her husband watched the kids, and we went down to see the game on Saturday. And uh, it was so perfect. Um, watching the weather couldn't be better yeah. for baseball. Watching the pitcher, the starting pitcher was great. It was so good to see Boober get his um, get his rhythm back mm-hmm. and get the K's going. And the only thing that was missing was a home run, <laughs> and we got that too. Yes, you did. So you did. It was it was beautiful. And um, she's um, one of my friends from a Beaver lunch came over and said, "Oh, are you going to be a Beaver fan?" And by the end of the day, she was like, "Yeah, you think I am?" So I think we made a Beaver fan. Good so work. I have someone now to take to the games nice. and probably her family as well. So, that's yeah, great work, Aaron. No, I'm really glad. Ed. That's all really cool stuff. Before you go, though, and we'll break, come back with Gary Lavender to talk a little bit about the, the basketball world we're in these days and his involvement with Oregon Elite Basketball uh, with girls' high school players and so on. We're going to talk to Coach Lavender in a minute about it. But when Dave says you're a C.S. Lewis scholar, I don't think you and I, you've never texted or emailed or anything along those lines. Are you actually doing something or writing a book about Lewis's works or what? I am. Um, I started with a small trip to the New York C.S. Lewis Society for their 50th anniversary, and it's ended up I'm getting asked to, I've been asked, I've been published. I've written academic articles um, for conferences. Um, I, my last one in phenomenology and desire from Lewis's perspective is getting published. And it's even led to going to Europe and Romania and it would take too long, but and even getting involved now there Eastern Romania is the site of where all these refugees are coming. So the people that I met there at the conference that are professors at the university and, and in church work 
are working going to the border and bringing in the refugees. So um, I'm trying to help with that effort just in small ways mm-hmm. as well. So, I mean, there's just been this huge thing that's happened in the last few years. So it's been pretty amazing. Well, keep me posted on that, Aaron. That's, I mean, Lewis is maybe my all-time favorite writer, and I've read, you know, I don't know if I've read every, Dave said he read the complete works during the pandemic. I'm not quite sure that that, I, that I've read everything, but I, I like anything, any, you know, his divergent type of writings. I love the critical essays in literature. John's wife, yeah. Kim, replaced a book that I had lost once on a road trip. And Kim, John, you remember that? I was, I'd lost a Lewis book or left it on a plane, yeah. selected critical essays, <laughs> love that. Uh, I, you know, I've read most of his, you know, critical works in the literary world, mm-hmm. almost all of his theological stuff. And, and the Chronicles and the Space Trilogy. I mean, I love this man. Yeah. And he, so I'm grateful that you are, are working to keep, you know, to keep all of that, that great contribution to the world that he has made going. And in this way, uh, making even more an impact on the world through all of that. So Aaron, keep me posted on that, please. Really appreciate you taking time to call today. Great. All right. You take care. Thanks, Thanks Aaron. Bye-bye. We've got Coach Lavender coming up next. Uh, Gary Lavender. On many things, we'll start with his longtime relationship with Sonny Long, whom we visited with Sonny's son Dave about last week here on the show. But Gary also in the middle of the world that we're, we're also trying to figure out, in a sense, and his standards that he holds for Oregon Elite basketball when it comes to commitment and staying with something. Yeah. And I want to hear from Gary about that next on 1240 Joe Radio. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. And go Beavs! If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go beeves middleton heating has served the mid valley for over 73 years and is still here to help with all your heating cooling venting and sheet metal needs middleton can repair replace or maintain all types of heating cooling and exhaust venting equipment ac causing you trouble need repairs or replacement give middleton heating a call Middleton offers several financing options for new equipment and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Give them a call or find them online at middletonheating.net. Unexpected reaction. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker with John Warren. John, I, I feel as though along the way I should defer to you as a graduate of Lake Oswego High School and our next guest, although you're not sure... 
if Gary, uh, I mean, Gary, uh, Gary Lavender, our guest. So what? What about I, your connection with Gary? Well, I mean, basketball. I was, I was in high school when Gary was just getting started, or uh, I, I, maybe he'll correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, Coach. As we bring you onto the show, but was that the beginning of your career, or were you uh, a seasoned veteran as a teacher? When a was this in exactly? 80, 81, 82. Uh, hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you, Coach. You and, um, uh, that was kind of the beginning of my career uh, in 81, 82, in that time period. Uh, so enjoyed you as a student, and uh, glad to see you. Oh, yeah. Making our progress. Yeah, I've, I, you and I have run into each other a couple of times and uh, since then, and it's always fun to do that, especially it must be for, for teachers to, to see the students grow up. I, I want to tell you an anecdote that I thought was interesting. When we had Katie Steading on, I don't know, a couple of months ago, maybe earlier this fall, whenever it was, and she's at Stanford and doing so well and maybe maybe in line to, to take over if, if Tara ever steps aside. And I, I, I just said, you know, I was in high school with your sister, Julie. Julie was the star. She was the stud. Remember, Gary? And then I remember I said, oh, yeah, well, wait until her younger sister comes along. And by then I graduated and didn't really – uh, follow it too closely for about the first four years when when Katie was coming through. But uh, you, you got to remember Julie Steading, right, Gary? Oh, definitely. She was a great athlete. Uh, volleyball was her forte, and uh, I finally coerced her to go off for basketball. I think it was her sophomore year, and uh, she uh, was a definite talent, uh, no doubt. Pretty easily played at the Division One level in basketball if she wanted. Gary Lavender joining us. Gary, you came to mind uh, on a number of levels when we heard the sad news of the passing of uh, Sonny Long. His son, Sonny's son David, joined us on the Joe Beaver Show last week, and we were able to get you know the, a really obviously uh, loving, affectionate, informed perspective from a grieving son still going through the process about Sonny. I've heard so many things about Coach Long through the years, and I will tell you just honestly up front, it's not always full of, oh, yeah, everybody loves Sonny, everybody this or that. I, that isn't always how the conversations would begin. And so I'm wondering, Gary, working alongside of him for him, I, what was your relationship with Sonny through the years? What were your thoughts about the way he kind of conducted his programs, how he coached, and maybe even why the starting point wouldn't always be, oh, yeah, I've always known and loved Sonny Long. I mean, I know the man was a great man that touched many lives, but do you under, kind of understand why I'm asking you the question I'm asking you? Right, exactly. You know, everybody wants to talk about, uh, you know, uh, character and uh, all that stuff that makes an individual. Uh, Sonny, uh, I tell you what, his character was the epitome of um, a disciplined uh, individual who lived his life uh, in with the concept that there's no gray area in life. Uh, it's either black or white, and there's no in-between. And it was his way uh, or the highway. You know, those, back in the days when you could coach that way and teach that way, uh, he was very, very successful. Uh, and his relationships with opposing coaches uh, were much the same way. Um, it was a very competitive uh, time during those years of Sunny, uh, and basketball in Oregon was at its best, I think. It's good now, but 
Those were some amazing teams back in the 70s and the 80s when Sonny was at his height. And what was your role with him early in your coaching journey, Gary, directly? Did you, I mean, tell us a little bit how your own path, where it carried you, but how it intersected with Sonny's. Well, uh, I was uh, getting my master's degree at Lewis and Clark College, had to stop by the uh, employment office there one day, decided there was an opening at Lake Oswego, boom, I went immediately interviewed interviewed with him, and uh, long story short, became his assistant coach and uh, taught English at uh, Lake Oswego High School. Uh, and so I was his assistant for a year, uh, and I can't tell you how much I learned uh, from him, not only the X's and O's of basketball, but uh, of being a good leader. Um, and at that time, the women's programs were just developing, uh, so I thought I could see myself as a boys coach throughout my career um, and uh, loved what he taught me. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, um, in, I think it was in 1977, the girls' job opened, and I thought, well, first person I'm going to ask about is uh, ask, uh, his opinion is Sonny. So I went down to his office, and we sat down and chatted, and he said, I, I'm all for this. He said, but you've got to do it right. Um, you don't treat them as girls, you treat them as athletes. Um, and um, if you do that, you're going to get my, my respect, you're going to get the respect of their parents, uh, and uh, you're going to teach those kids uh, the value of what it means to be an athlete. Uh, and, you know, from that point on, um, you know, things just grew, and uh, I had a, a good career there, but uh, he was responsible for a lot of that. His influence, uh, not only on me, but my players, too. I had several players that went to him for uh, counseling sometimes just to get his insight because he always had a great perspective on basketball and life. Hmm. Um, you know, he's kind of like the Bobby Knight from that era. era. Uh, and if you did it right, you did it. Yeah. Bobby Knight Light. I mean, he, he, he never lost it. He just was, like you say, a disciplinarian. I love the guy. I really did. I didn't play for him because uh, he cut me after my, my <laughs> freshman year. In fact, I went to him after he cut me, and I didn't know him other than he was that mean uh, <laughs> PE teacher, you know, that everybody thought was mean, right. but I didn't because you guys didn't. I never feared adults. I like to joke and have fun with adults. And so even the, the grousy right. ones, I go to Sonny, I say, what'd you cut me for? He goes, because you're too damn short. <laughs> I said, I'm taller than O'Connor, and I got a better shot, and we and we parted ways. Uh, but, but Gary... Yeah, that sounds like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Gary, I, I read, too, recently where you'd said you'd gone on a lot of coaching clinic drives. You'd be in the car with him a lot, uh, going around to these coaching clinics and things like that. And I, I, and, and for that purpose, it was to, I guess, to describe your time spent and, and all of that. And it got me to thinking about what, what did you learn from him and how well did you get to know him? And did he ever mention, because I learned this from uh, Don Monson had said that he and Sonny and Judd Heathcote were young pals back up in the Spokane area. Did he ever bring that yeah. up? Did he ever tell you about that? No, not specifically. We went to a couple of coaches' plays in Spokane and um, Moscow, and um, Sonny took me to where he was. Uh, he he grew up, showed me his house um, and the life that he lived there. And uh, I think all that 
that trio, Judd, Don, and Sonny, uh, two of them went to the, you know, the collegiate level, and Sonny saw the value of staying at the blue-collar level and having the influence on uh, uh, the student-athletes, so stayed at the high school level. Uh, he could have easily been a, a very successful college coach if he wanted to, but he not only valued basketball, he valued the total PE department. He was chairman of the department at Lake Oswego High School, but he was a tremendous tennis coach. Uh, he coached baseball for just a couple of years, and I think they were league champions when he was the baseball coach. Uh, he could golf like no other. He was a total, complete athlete. Uh, and, you know, he went into education for the right reasons. Um, and I think that there's a certain amount of education that has to take place with high school age kids uh, that prepare them for the future, decision making, et cetera. And uh, I think that uh, really is his value. Gary Lavender joining us on the Joe Beaver Show, an Oregon State graduate. Uh, what, before we get to your current, what you've been doing with Oregon Elite Basketball after 27 years coaching at Lake Oswego High School, highly decorated, eight Final Fours, six-time Coach of the Year, 550 wins. I mean, there, there's a lot of great things in your own career in high school. I want to get to what your, your current life is and what it has been with Oregon Elite Basketball. But a quick thought on Oregon State and its place in your life coming up, the basketball at Oregon State, both on the men's and women's side, and how that's affected and impacted you? Well, I was there during um, some great football years, you know, the great pumpkin and, and all the things that happened in football. So I have, I have a real loyalty to uh, orange, orange and black, and so I love the Beavers. Uh, and so... Um, I, it breaks my heart to see what's happening, uh, not only at Oregon State, but throughout the country with the transfer portal. You know, I, I've i known Scott uh, for a long time. Uh, I knew him as a high school student, actually, out at Glencoe. And um, I know that his total concept uh, when he took the job at Oregon State was to build a program. Uh, and I think probably that's why he was hired, because he, he proved he could build a program. And now I think, unfortunately, with the transfer portal, building a program is really not what is going to happen. Uh, now coaches have to build a team every year because they're losing so many kids to this transfer portal, uh, through the transfer portal. So. You know, it's really unfortunate. Uh, I'm not a real advocate of the transfer portal, but I know there are people that are. Uh, but uh, I'm kind of like Sonny Long. I'm old-fashioned. I have loyalty, and I think kids should be loyal to their decisions. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's my feeling in regards to that. Well, Gary, how then at Oregon Elite Basketball, when, when did that come into existence and your own role in it as – the director of a, of a of a wonderful elite basketball program. You were telling me you're just coming back from Phoenix, where coaches from all over the country trying to build, if not a program, trying to reload their rosters or find players and so on. Tell me about that culture and that world, how you've gotten into it, and how you try to foster and inculcate a sense of loyalty in a world that I read and hear sometimes doesn't have a lot of that. Uh, yeah, amen to that. Um, and 
uh, I retired from coaching in uh, at Lake Oswego in 2004. Um, I got a little bored in my free time, so I formed a club team in 2006, and it's kind of grown from there. We try to provide for kids an opportunity to uh, be seen by college coaches. Um, we've been very fortunate. We've had great kids in our program. Katie McWilliams played for us. Uh, Samantha Signer played for us. Devin Hunter, who's back at Oregon State, played for us. Uh, and we try to create the same culture that Scott creates uh, at uh, Oregon State. The culture is good, things are positive, uh, and the kids uh, really bond together. Uh, so we, we try to you know, g- allow uh, coaches to see these kids and let them play. Um, they, the college coaches don't come to watch us coach. <laughs> they will come to see these kids play. And so um, we really uh, run a program that uh, allows kids to achieve, uh, you know, their goals. And we've been very fortunate. We've sent almost 200 kids to uh, Division One, Division Two, Division Three level. And um, I work very closely with high school coaches, uh, which is unlike some club coaches. Uh, I don't necessarily go out and recruit kids. I go to high school coaches and I'll say, hey, coach, do you have anybody do you think would benefit from playing club basketball? And so I would say 80% of our kids are uh, originate from their high school coaches' suggestion. Um, and so, um, we, yeah, we've been lucky. Uh, been, we have great kids. I had great kids at Lake Oswego, and uh, we seem to attract the right kids here. Now, now, Coach, I would not have asked you this because it's not necessarily the tenor of our conversation. We're talking about Sonny. We're talking about Oregon Elite Basketball, the portal, and and how things are changing. But just as you described, it it led us back to a conversation we've had many times over the years. I, I know the answer. That's why I'm asking you this. But it sounds like I'm challenging you here. You're talking about the, 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 they're not they're there to see the kids play. The kids, you know, all of what you're saying, kind of leads to a former conversation people have had a lot about elite basketball and the lack of fundamentals. Yet, you are a fundamental guy. So, how did you rectify that while coaching uh, elite basketball and knowing, hey, this this is for them. At the same time, you know, wanting to make sure they do a proper jump stop before they they pivot. Oh, correct, John. It, it's amazing. Uh, kids that don't have the skills. Uh, we offer skill training during the week. We practice on weekends. Uh, so I, I'm in. Uh, I've been at Linden Community College doing skill work in the past. Uh, this year, they're still not running to outside people. So I'm at a, a gym in Salem, and I spend uh, Monday and Wednesday would be in the Mid Valley area training kids, and then. Tuesday and Thursday, I'm up in the Portland area working on kids. So it's easier for me to travel than to have a whole bunch of kids come to Portland from, say, Sutherland or uh, Eugene area. So, But we really work hard on skills. Um, I do an hour-and-a-half session that's all skill work. Um, we start out with jump roping, which I learned from uh, Jack Ramsey when he was the coach at uh, Trailblazers up here. Uh, I mean, uh, I think jump rope is a very simple uh, skill, but it teaches so much body control. Uh, and long story short, we just spend an uh, hour and a half on uh, fundamentals that high school coaches don't have time to work on anymore with the high school schedule. Hmm. Um, so, um, we really teach that, and then uh, we operate out of the dribble drive uh, 
uh, offensive scheme, and that's a, a scheme that kids have to have fundamentals to, to achieve a high uh, success rate. So um, we spend time on that. I have some great assistants. Uh, Justin Duke, who is uh, head coach at Wilsonville Girls, he does a great job in helping us. Jay Eagle has been with me for 25 years. Uh, he's the head coach at Hermiston now. And uh, Jason Brown is a coach that uh, is at Lake Ridge High School. He helps. And I have a past player, Cindy Murphy, now who has joined us, and uh, she does a great job. Uh, uh, I don't hold it against her because she played at Oregon, <laughs> but uh, we overlook we overlook that fact. <laughs> That's good. Hey, Gary, before you go, and, and there's so many things in here, and I'm hoping we can have a further conversation. It sounds like with what you're doing with your club team, if if people followed your approach and style in, in complementing and augmenting and working with high school coaches, it, it sounds like we'd be in a better place in that space, perhaps. And so you know, congratulations for doing it, what sounds to me like the right way. But in this way, what is the right, what is the right way these days, Coach, in terms of trying to get things back on the rails or on track? Do you believe that Scott, in trying to kind of, you know, he, he still wants to build a program, as you said, that's harder to do if you right. have people leaving a program after a season or two or whatever. So do you think this is going to self-correct? Do you think that Scott's going to find a different methodology or other coaches are going to have to find different ways to go about it, or will it settle back in and we'll see a program and teams stay together three or four years and do something special again? Well, I hope and pray that's the, that's the result. Uh, I, I really think uh, successful people build great programs. You look at Tara at Stanford. She builds a program on a culture. Uh, years ago, John Wooden built a program. Uh, even uh, go back to the very successful years of Oregon State um, when Ralph Miller was there. He built a program, and you knew what you were getting when you went into the program. These players today, they may, at the um, when the parent comes in or the coach comes into their living room and they tell them, here's our program, this is what we want, I'm not sure they really listen. And then when they get to, let's say, Corvallis or Pullman or whoever, and all of a sudden uh, they're in a long winter and uh, academics are tough and they might get a little bit homesick. You know, the grass is always greener, maybe on the other side. And I, I think it all starts with parents teaching their kids what a commitment really means. Um, and college coaches, high school coaches, um, developing that commitment in their respective programs and, uh, and towing the line. Kids learn a lot more when they're uh, disciplined. Kids want discipline. There's just no doubt. I don't think kids have changed at all, but I do think parents have changed. Uh, and I just think parents today don't expect um, discipline out of their kids. Uh, I can't say that's always the case, but uh, I, I, I sense that with some of the kids that I, I look at. I'll go to a high school game today, and I'll watch the kid play, but I'm watching the parent more than I am the kid. And my comment to myself is, do I really want that parent in my program uh, when I see him up yelling at the officials uh, or berating the coach or whatever? So um, I just think we all need to be responsible for our actions. And uh, I just, that's old school, I know, but I learned that from Sonny Long. I mean, that's, uh, the guy had a great influence on me, and uh, he was a one-of-a-kind guy. And, uh, loved him to death. It's a tragic loss for us. And, yes. uh, we just need more people like Scott 
who's going to toe the line and say, this is what you get, this is what I have. Um, look at the success. You can't argue with the success. Gary, it's great talking to you. Uh, well, we're out of time. Really uh, touch base. Uh, yeah. Thank you yeah. so much, Gary, for the time. I hope we can do yeah. it again. The professor, Tom Hewitt, says hello. I was visiting with him about you earlier. Thank you for, uh, for taking time, Gary, for us today on the show, and hope to see you around Gary, town here, and we'll do it again. Yep. All right. Go, Dave. Thank you, Gary. Let's take a final quick break. No, Come back. No, you said we had one more. You told me. I said, do we need to? Oh, I did. Or did you meant trade up? Uh, my week off got me away from the, the signals, the various the signals. signals. The other day I was making signals in here to TJ during the show, <laughs> and he, was, he didn't know. He didn't know. Well, that's an inside type of signal that needed a little story explanation. And by the way, on that, too. Yeah. Great interview. He, I, Gary, I Gary. there's too many. Yeah, there's too much. He's there, such though. a good guy. Too much and, there. And I love. I I didn't realize the era of time he was here. So that was that put that into perspective. Right, the football giant killers era. Yeah, yeah. But a true lover of Oregon State athletics and sports and Scott and the program and just. And I didn't know that Katie McWilliams had played for him and the, the Devin Beaver, Hunter, Devin Hunter, Samantha the, the Signer connection there. It's that, nice. That's great. He and, runs the program, an elite program, a travel ball AAU club, the way. They all should be. When uh, in the nineties, in the in the nineties, essentially, it was Brad Smith at Oregon City and Gary Lavender right. at Lake Oswego, Back and those were the two power programs <laughs> right. of the time period. By the way, on the one play, didn't have a chance to explain this yesterday. Speaking of signals and missed, <laughs> yeah, there was a play in in the game Saturday when Jacob Kamatz world. And threw to second base. I don't know if you were listening then. Yeah, and nobody covered. <laughs> Jacob recovered, though. Melton did in center field. Well, right? Melton got the ball, but the Husky runners, he fortunately, they they could they both could have advanced because Melton was yeah. pretty deep. Yeah. And now what happened there, it was the play was perfectly called and they would have gotten an out. But there's a lot of stuff on the plate for young for, for ball players in games like that. And so the signal's given. And Jacob just immediately came back in and said, Coach, that's on me because his pickoff play was supposed to be whirl, fake to second, and throw. Forrester was going to duck in behind the runner at first, and they had the guy picked by 10 feet. If that's, <sighs> so So my row, and it, they didn't cover because the play was supposed to go to the other base. Oh, man. So that's what I was told. But other than that, I mean, Kamatz, Jacob was brilliant. And the Beaver pitching is shaping up. Now, tomorrow... Again, where are we going to be, Doc? Sublimity, which we're, Sublimity, we're all learning the way. Motorsports. Power Motorsports, Sublimity, tomorrow. And they, of course, are hosting this. There will, uh, there will be lunch. Tucker E. Power Tour. Power we'll Tour. have lunch. You can demo Fantic and Fuel e-bikes. Experience the fun and mobility there. We may have a special guest there, too. we got a lot going on tomorrow. See you there. Power Motorsports, 11 to 1. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator, K-229-D-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.